Okay, John the Baptist, bold humility. And if you've been attending us, Band of Brothers, this year, you know the theme that we had, okay? About ordinary men and extraordinary deeds. And I love it because it's a factual statement. It's a factual statement. You see, the examples that we've been using from God's Word, the Bible, is that men that were ordinary, like you and me, okay, doing extraordinary deeds. Why? Because they followed the call of Christ. Okay, they followed the call of Christ. And they were sinners, just like you and me, that needed to be washed by the cleansing blood of Jesus Christ, the one who was without sin, perfectly righteous, and the one, the only one whose sacrifice the Father would accept to cleanse us of our sins, to cleanse you and to cleanse me. As a result, as a result of the enormous price that Christ paid, what are we called to do? One of the things we're called to do is to live lives of integrity. And we can only do that, we can only do that, integrity, when we talk about righteousness as far as man, when, when, when you said, if you say Noah was a righteous man or John the Baptist, we're talking about their integrity because there's only one righteousness. No matter how we're counted as righteousness, it's never our righteousness. It comes from Jesus Christ, amen? He's the only righteousness. The Bible says, the Bible says in Romans, there is none that are righteous, not one. There is none that does good. All have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. So the only righteousness we can depend on if we're going to live on lives of integrity is that of Jesus Christ that he imputes. He imputes by his grace to us. And so today is an example of someone leading a life of integrity. I'd like us to take a look at John the Baptist. You see, to lead a life of integrity, God requires two traits that we might not be aware of. One is boldness, and the other is humility. That may seem like a dichotomy to most people, but it's really not. It's really not. The two actually work together, and they verify each other, biblically speaking, as you'll see in the life of John the Baptist. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for another day, Lord. I thank you for these men that have come to hear your word. And I pray that that's what they hear, is your word, not mine, Lord. Father God, I pray that you lift us up and that when we leave here today, each and every man, each and every one of us has been changed in some way because we came closer to Jesus Christ. And it's in his name I pray, amen. Okay, so of course, Jesus, Jesus himself is the only perfect example of integrity. Perfect example. As evidenced by the fact that he was baptized by John the Baptist, and then he went into the desert before he started his ministry. And who came along? Satan, right? To tempt him. And each time he rebuked him, and he rebuked him with, the word, with his word, the word of God. Remember, Okay, Jesus was holy God, holy with the W and H also, but he was also holy man. And he was tempted just like we are. 
But see, temptation is not a sin. It's when we yield to that temptation that becomes a sin. Jesus knew how to rebuke that temptation. And just like he did, he gives us the power that when we come under temptation, he provides us with a way of escape. Amen? Look at Hebrews 4.15. It says, For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but one who in every respect has been tempted as we are, yet without sin. You see, if you've accepted Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, you're a new creation and are called to be like Jesus. You and I are called to be like Jesus. Look at 2 Corinthians 5.17. I'm going to be going through a lot of verses because Scripture verifies Scripture. And I want, I want, I want Scripture to verify everything that's said today. Okay. So let's look at 2 Corinthians 5.17. We know that therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. What's happened? What's happened? The old, the old has passed away, and behold, the new has come. <clears throat> so you see, once we're saved, once we're saved, we're looked upon without any blemish. Okay, we're looked upon without any blemish because when the Father looks at us, he sees the blood of Jesus Christ that covers us once we've accepted him and we've accepted that gift of salvation. You know me when I get up here to talk, I'm going to ask you, have you done that? Okay. Have you done that? I'd just like to, I'd just like to pause a few minutes and bow our heads. And if there's one here today that's on that verge and the Holy Spirit is nudging you, and you've never asked Christ. You've never, you've been on the fence, but you've never asked Christ to be your Savior. Just like Zacchaeus, God may be saying to you, today I want to dine at your house, and I want to be with you forever. Why don't you bow our heads? And if you're that one, it's not the words that save you. <clears throat> it's the condition of your heart. So let your heart speak and just ask Jesus. It's simple. We make salvation so much more complicated than it is. It's simple. Just tell them if you haven't already done that. Father, I know that I'm a sinner. Your word says that all have sinned. I know that I'm a sinner. Pray that to him. I know that I'm a sinner, Father, and I need a Savior. And today, Father, I'm accepting your free gift of Jesus Christ and his death on the cross and his resurrection. Tell him, Jesus, Jesus, would you come into my heart today and live in my heart and be first in my life? Be my Lord. Be my Savior. And Lord, from today on, I want to live for you. Tell him that. I give my life to you. Lord, from today on, I want you to be first in my life. And I thank you, Father, for that free gift. And I praise you and pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. You know, in our culture today, integrity seems to imply some type of 
moral incorruptibility. But as Christians, see, we're not to be swayed. We're never to be swayed from our principles for either money, for power, for popularity. Look at Colossians 3.23. Whatever you do, work heartily as for the Lord and not for men. See, that means we're to rest in Christ's righteousness for the ability for us to lead righteous lives of integrity. What's our mission here? What is our mission? Well, we don't have to look any further than God's Word in Matthew 28, 18 to 20. What Jesus said to his apostles before his ascension into heaven. All authority, not some, all, every piece of authority, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you, and behold, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. That's what we're called to do. As long as we have breath, as long as we're on this earth, that's what we're called to do. Christianity does not need spectators. Christianity does not need us to stand on the sidelines. Christianity needs us, the beliefs that we have and the beliefs that we profess, to put them to work in an area of boldness in our faith that we can accomplish the mission that Christ left us with. You see, a person of righteousness seeks, doesn't always succeed, believe me, I know, seeks to follow God in all that he does. If we do that, if we do that, we might not always win in this life, but we can take comfort we can take comfort that we are bringing glory, glory to the one that paid the price to save us and to one with whom we eventually will spend all of eternity. Example of such as John the Baptist, who appeared... He, John the Baptist definitely appeared not to win in this life, if you know his story. But we will see that he received the best reward, heaven, and also a marvelous accolade from the Lord Jesus Christ himself. I mentioned earlier that, you see, boldness and humility seems to be a dichotomy in our culture which, which sadly, our culture has strayed far, far from biblical reality and biblical perspective of those two terms, both of which are required if we're going to live lives of, of integrity. You see, our society tends to divide people into two camps. You're either an extrovert or you're an introvert or you might be somewhere in between. Yet following God's commands, okay, we're called to be at each end of that spectrum, and sometimes at the same time, from a biblical sense, just as was John the Baptist. 
You see, speaking boldly and being bold in your faith is not a personality trait. Boldness is simply taking, boldness is simply taking urgent action okay, when there's a threat and doing it by the power of the Holy Spirit. That's what boldness is. You see, you see a threat or you see a job to do and you immediately take action. You're bold in your faith. So you take action, but by the power of the Holy Spirit. This, this will allow what typically is an introverted person, okay? To sometimes be bold where an extroverted person will shy back. And all of a sudden in their faith, they become introverted. Okay? So, but see, in order to act boldly, biblically, we need the Holy Spirit because we need to have conviction, we need to have courage, and we need to have a sense of urgency. We, can't be, we cannot be bold if we don't have one, if we're missing any of those three ingredients. In today's society especially, we need to have conviction. We need to have courage. And we need to have a sense of urgency. When we look where our country's going and we look what's happened in our society, we cannot lose our conviction that Jesus Christ has put in our hearts where the Holy Spirit lives. God's Word never changes. You hear people so many times, you know, he's saying, well, it's not like that anymore. It's a different world. God's Word never changes. Not one tittle of it. Not one tittle, which is the smallest part of a letter, does not change. And as you can see, as you will see, conviction, courage, and a sense of urgency is exactly what John the Baptist had. Look at Ephesians 3, 11 to 12. This was according to the eternal purpose that he has realized in Christ Jesus our Lord, in whom we have boldness and access with confidence through our faith in him. Conviction, conviction, courage, urgency. The fact remains that there's no power, there's no power in existence, men, none, that even remotely comes close to the power that we have through the Holy Spirit. Amen. That's what provides people that we would normally call the introverts, the courage and the conviction to speak up when it comes to our faith. We need to pray for boldness. But let's talk also about humility. If anyone had a good reason to be humble, it was Jesus. He was superior in every way, without fault. No weaknesses, nothing for which to be ashamed. Yet Scripture holds him before us as an example of humility. Who was more humble than Jesus Christ? Let's look at Philippians 2, 1 to 8, if you want to be encouraged. So if there is any encouragement in Christ, any comfort from love, any participation in the Spirit, 
any affection and sympathy, complete my joy by being of the same mind, having the same love, being in full accord and of one mind. Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility, in humility, count others more significant than yourselves. Let each of you look not only to his own interests, but also to the interests of others. Have this in mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus. Listen up. Who, though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself by taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men, and being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on the cross. There's our example. He humbled himself even to the point of death. Whose interest do we look out for first? Our own? My own? Lots of times. Maybe even most of the time sometimes. But that's not what Christ calls us to do if we're like to live a life of integrity. Yet humility never means us to always be passive people. That's not what it means at all. Possessing, possessing a gentle spirit as God requires does not mean that we should always be passive. God requires us to be men of action, enthusiastic, enthusiastic to move in the lives of others. You know, God says the harvest is plenty, but the workers are few. We need to be enthusiastic in doing God's work. We need to be men willing to defend our faith in today's culture. Because God tells us in Matthew eleven, twelve, from the days of John, Bap John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven has suffered violence and the violent take it by force. We need to defend the kingdom of heaven, amen? We need to be bold with our faith. We need to stand up for Jesus Christ in this world, not, not cower under the pressure of culture, under the pressure of popularity. Just like boldness, men, we need to pray for humility. Do you play it safe? Do I play it safe with our faith? John the Baptist was a perfect example, not perfect, was a great example, I should say, of providing what it means to be bold. So see, he spent his life baptizing people into the faith and preaching about the coming of the Messiah. You think that was a popular message? Especially to the Pharisees? He's a picture of boldness. He spent his life preaching, preaching about that coming Messiah. He spent his life confronting people. Repent, repent, for the kingdom of God is at hand. This man dressed in camel hair and eating locusts and honey. The man's man, bold, strong. Matthew 3, 1 to 2. In those days, John the Baptist came preaching in the wilderness of Judea. Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. He also showed boldness with those unbelieving Pharisees. Look at Matthew 7, 3 to 10. I'm sorry, Matthew 3, 7 to 10. 
But when he saw many of the Pharisees and Sadducees coming to his baptism, he said to them, You brood of vipers! Who warned you to flee from the wrath to come? Bear fruit in keeping with repentance, and do not presume to say to yourselves, We have Abraham as our father. For I tell you, God is able from these stones to raise up children for Abraham. Even now the axe is laid to the root of the trees. Every tree, therefore, that does not bear fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Are we bearing fruit? John gave us that warning. John was bold, strong to the Pharisees that put themselves on a pedestal. You brood of vipers, don't you see you're on the wrong path? God wants us to produce fruit. And what fruit are you producing? You're following all the Jewish laws. You're, you're wearing the right clothes, but you're hypocrites. John was bold, bold to proclaim that. You see, it was John the Baptist, he realized his job. It was his job to prepare the way for Jesus Christ. And to do that, he's willing to be bold and not a respecter of persons. John had a dawning task to perform just as we do. John needed to be bold at all costs, aside from what it would cost him, which was eventually his life. You see, because he was no respecter of persons, so he was no respecter of talking to Herod, Herod, a form of a governor in the Roman province who was married to his brother's wife, which was against the law, against the Jewish law. Look at, look at the Luke 3, 18 to 20. So with many other exhortations, he preached good news to the people. But Herod the Tetrarch, who had been reproved by him for Herodias, his brother's wife, and for all the evil things that Herod had done, added this to them all that he locked up John in prison. Jesus' love will save many from darkness. So you see the boldness that John had. It cost them. It cost him in prison, and it cost him to be beheaded. It cost him the li his life. But just like Jesus, he brought it even to the cost of his death. He wasn't going to stop preaching the word. He wasn't going to stop preaching against sin. Do we cower a little bit of persecution and fear to point out sin in, in our brother's life, okay? To point out sin in our own life and to confess it? Or are we like John the Baptist, bold? You know, Jesus came to save the lost. So like John the Baptist, let us be bold in our faith. Let us be bold in our faith. You know, if someone's going to be saved, we, we get to share in that blessing. If someone's going to be saved, we don't do the saving. God will just use somebody else. But see, God gives us an opportunity in everyone he saves to be part of that blessing someday. He allows us to play a part in that person's salvation. Wow, what an honor that is for us to be bold in our faith. But remember, you can't be men of integrity also without humility. John, John was chosen to prepare the way of the, of the, of the master, the way of the Messiah. He also received the Holy Spirit in his mother's womb. He was born into a God-fearing family, God-loving family. Yet John the Baptist was humble. 
telling those who came to be baptized, what did he tell them? I'm going to bat- look, look, at, look at it, Mark 3, 11 to 12. I baptize with water for repentance, but he who is coming after me is mightier than I, whose sandals I'm not worthy to carry. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. Finally, when Jesus himself came to be baptized, what happened? John would have prevented him. Look at Matthew 3, 14 to 17. I need to be baptized by you, and do you come to me? But Jesus answered, let it be so now, for thus it is fitting for us to fulfill all righteousness. Then he consented, and when Jesus was baptized, immediately he went up from the water, and behold, the heavens were opened to him, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and coming to rest upon him. And behold, a voice from heaven said, This is my beloved Son, with whom I am well pleased. Remember, John the Baptist was an ordinary man, a sinner, just like you and I, that needed a Savior. And at one point when he was in prison, John even doubted. As you know, he, he sent his messengers to say to Jesus, Jesus, are you really the one, or should I look for someone else? He was a man just like us, but so bold in his faith, and yet so humble. And look what God, look how Jesus responds, okay? Matthew 1, 11, 2 to 3. Now when John heard in prison about the deeds of the Christ, he sent word by his disciples and said to him, Are you the one to come, or shall I, we look for another? Still, being a sinner, being in doubt, look how Jesus responds, okay? Matthew eleven eleven, Truly I say to you, among those born of women, there has arisen no one greater than John the Baptist. Yet, yet, the one who is least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than he. You see, John the Baptist, all the work he did on earth, all the work he did on earth, and he was dutifully, he dutifully did all that work, okay? That can't even compare to how John the Baptist is going to be or any of us is going to be in heaven, okay? And our glorified body paid for by the blood of Jesus Christ, amen? All of us that call ourselves Christians, need to make sure that we're fulfilling the great commission of Jesus Christ. We need to have that bold humility like John the Baptist, and especially that shown by our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. May we Christians do just that. Maybe unbelievers are not turning to Christianity so quickly because Christians are not bold enough bold enough to tell them about the saving grace of Jesus Christ or because we're doing it with a form of brashness, disguised at boldness yet lacking humility and gentleness that would make our words more acceptable to those to whom we take the time to evangelize. Men, we need to continue to pray for boldness in our faith while at the same time asking the Holy Spirit to keep us humble, knowing that we are only saved by the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ through faith that was not even of ourselves, but was a gift of God, lest any man should boast. Amen? Amen. 
We need to pray for boldness in our faith and at the same time ask the Holy Spirit to keep us humble. God gave us our faith. His grace saved us. And when we have that bold humility, I can almost assure you that when we have that bold humility, like John the Baptist, and especially like Jesus Christ, perhaps, just perhaps, others just may begin to have ears to hear. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you so much for these men, Lord. I thank you for today, Lord. I thank you for your word. I thank you for the example of John the Baptist who was following the example of Jesus Christ. Bold in his faith, gentle in his spirit, humble, humility. Let us never, let us never Lord, confuse humility with weakness. And let us have that boldness in our faith to talk to others about what God has done in our life and at the same time with the gentleness that the Lord requires with the humility that he gives us. Let us go forth, each one today, and be strong. Be strong to this dark and dying world that's looking for some kind of light. The harvest is plentiful. The workers are few. Let us be those workers that you call us to be. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen and amen.